Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Hey there, everybody. Ron and I have a very special episode of Jay Madison's Rural America coming to you today. Um, We are talking to two gentlemen uh, on the phone from the state of Florida. This episode will be dealing with the impacts of Hurricane Ian on agriculture, especially the cattle industry down there in the southern part of the state of Florida. Uh, You are not hearing this on the the news, at least not that I've seen, Ron. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of attention has been focused on the coast, the west coast of Florida, and, you know, and then what happened up in the Carolinas. But really, the rural impact of Florida is what, you know, what I've spent a lot of time the last few days thinking about and of course, we know I have some ties down there, and spent a lot of time there in the winter. And I've, I've been very fortunate to, you know, be, become friends and gain acquaintances with some really hardworking folks down there, and uh, salt of the earth kind of people. And uh, so, once again, it's it's really put my mind at uh, what's going on down and, there. And Ron, in all honesty, you know, a lot of people when they think of Florida. And agriculture, they're thinking oranges. I mean, that's that's the stereotypical uh, crop that people think of. They don't realize how large the cattle industry is, the dairy industry, and all of the other things that are produced. Uh, you know, part of our food basket uh, for the United States is the state of Florida. So it's it's pretty big. Yes, it is, and we're very fortunate today to to have a couple guests on the on our show with us that really are. Uh, Tied in really close with that cattle industry and agriculture as a whole uh, in South Central Florida. Yeah, so let's introduce, we have Jim Hanley. He is the Executive Vice President for the Florida Cattlemen's Association and Alex Johns. Alex is the former president, or excuse me, Executive Director of the Seminole Tribe of Florida and past president of the uh uh, Florida Cattlemen's Association. Trying to go too fast there, yeah. Ron. I'm getting all tongue-tied. Uh, Jim and Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We understand right now things are pretty chaotic for you. You are still in recovery mode down there. But thank you for taking time to uh, join us this morning. Well, thank you, men, for your interest. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. There's been strong outpouring of generosity and love and support from all over the country, and we thank you for reaching out to us. We have uh, gotten hammered pretty good. Um, this storm came in last Wednesday uh, down at Cayacosta, which is just in the kind of central Lee County, just north of of the big community of Fort Myers, and it ripped through here and left a heck of a lot of water and a lot of devastation. Um, and, and, and I quickly, the other day looked at like 11 counties and, and of the 11 counties that hit, that represents about 42% of our Florida, uh, beef cattle, um, population as far as cattle are concerned. And it's taken a pretty good blow, but, but, uh, we've had cattle in Florida for over 500 years, starting with, uh, Alex's people taking care of them. And, uh, and we've had to deal with hurricanes before and our people are, uh, toughen up and and getting through it and we're trying to help them 
No, it, and that's that's good information on uh, for, man. Forty two percent of their beef industry mm-hmm. was was hit by this. Uh, no, we appreciate that, and we know that the uh, the folks down there in Florida are very resilient. Um, I actually have uh, family on Matt Lachey Island, and. Uh, <laughs> They are in a world of hurt, but they don't want to leave. Um, so uh, God bless them. God bless all of you. So d- d- Jim and Alex, describe what has happened. The, fl- the hurricane hit. How has that impacted agriculture, especially the inland areas? Because people aren't thinking, oh, well, you know, all I'm seeing is Fort Myers and, uh, you know, Sanibel Island. What has happened inland? What has happened to the ag industry there? Well, you know, there's a lot of, it was a lot of wind. Um, and certainly it just devastates your infrastructure on your farms and ranches. Uh, in the case of our cattle, the actual beef cattle, we're a cow-calf state. We don't have many in confinement whatsoever. Certainly the dairy industry does. And, and, and when cattle are confined around structures and things, that's where you lose where in our experience we've we lose more cattle and, and suffer loss with um, structural collapse actual, type uh, excuse me that's I'm sorry. right Stru- yeah. structural collapse and stuff blowing into them but our our cow herd when we people will prepare by opening gates they may mix some herds that they typically would not have mixed they want to give the cattle as much room as they can if they're dependent which they're not now but if they were dependent on on electric pumped water. They want to make sure they have access to water because we know after the storm, it's hard to get to them and you certainly can't haul water. Um, from from our standpoint, the cattle uh, on, our, on our pastures and woodlands get along fairly well, as long as they've got somewhere high to get to. Now, when you have standing water, and uh, and nowhere to get to certainly um, it's it's very difficult. It stresses the heck out of the cattle, and so our focus is trying to get some nutrition to them. So some so hay, uh, supplement. So the wind issues you you're used to dealing with those. But what happened after Hurricane Ian went through? Because you you're mentioning standing water. What happened after the hurricane went through that is causing you to have to deal with standing water issues? Well, the water's still here. Um, the rivers uh, are overflowing the banks. There's blown out culverts. There's roads closed. You can't get around. It's so, so, uh, so wet. You can't get around and check things. And, um, you know, we're with many places are still without power. So in essence, you're kind of camping. And first of all, we make sure all our people are okay. Then we start tending to our livestock certainly trying to get fences up where there's trees down to keep cattle. The first things we check are perimeter fences to get cattle off the roads. And we may put, my cows might be in somebody else's pasture, but if they're captured, we'll sort them out later. But basically, um, the basic needs, uh, in our case, Alex has set up a great yard here where we have hay, feed, we have a tanker load of fuel that we're given to people in the ranching business to help run their generators and their equipment so that they can continue to operate and tend to their livestock. Um, we, we have bottled water, uh, fence supplies, supply, staple post wire, chainsaws, chainsaw oil, uh, all the things you need to cut your way out and to try to repair and patch fence while you're trying to supplement your cattle. Lights are coming back on. 
roads are starting to open, so it's a little more, little bit more convenient to get around and and uh, route uh, hay and feed. But uh, we're a long ways from this being over, and this is it, all of ag. The poor guys with the citrus crop. Uh, Jim, before uh, I apologize for cutting you off there, but before you jump into that, um, you know, do you so? Have you lost cattle because of this? Certainly there is some loss of livestock. The majority of the numbers we've heard are within one or two dairies. We don't, still don't know the magnitude of the loss because some places we can't get into and cattle are standing in water. Um, so there's still, there's still a river flooding that's occurred. There's still uh, standing yep. water out there and the, some cattle are trapped out in those areas. Yeah, Jay, this is Alex. So just to kind of give you um, perspective, the Peace River that runs here through Arcadia here, the, the river swole two miles outside the bank on either side. Holy cow. And you've got lots of mom and pop operations in between those two miles. A lot of, we had to cut a lot of fences to get cattle, you know, to, to higher ground. <clears throat> the high ground actually ended up right behind the Arcadia Livestock Market, and we've got multiple owners uh, in one pasture. So we're, you know, a lot of the cattle that are missing uh, potentially aren't dead. They may have swam to higher ground, but they're, they're in a different location. You just can't find them at the moment. Yeah, and, you know, it's I'm always amazed down there, Alex, that, uh, you know, you'll drive along the paved highways, but you look in, you know, either direction, there's a, there's a dirt road going back sometimes two, three miles, and there'll be a small ranch back there. And I'm I'm sure it's just impossible to figure out how those poor people are, you know, what kind of shape they're in, uh, being so far off off the grid like that or off the paved highway and flooded. So probably airboats in a lot of cases is the only way you can get to them. Correct? That's right, Ron. We've um we've had helicopters fly and some uh, personal aircraft flying around trying to locate herds of cattle that that were stranded. The issue we're having is we still can't get to some of those areas because the standing water is still too high. It is receding pretty quickly, but um, as you can imagine, it's pretty muddy once it recedes, yeah. and you got a lot of fence damage, so it's still tough to get to some of those cattle. So what the, the cattle you can access, you're either getting feed into them or you're bringing them to higher ground. That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, it sounds like you've put together a, a tremendous effort to help farms recover from this, The at least the cattle operations. Uh, you described there at the, uh, uh, I apologize, what, what did you call the facility? Well, our supply yard is here at the Arcadia Stockyard. Okay. We have a second one across the river uh, over in Mayak City. Yep. Um, and, 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 uh, but it, this is a livestock market. Um, right here in DeSoto County, just on the north north side of the, the community of Arcadia. Okay, so you're you're bringing what livestock you can to that facility or to other high ground until the water recedes, and, and trying to reach out to herds that might be on high ground out there in the rural countryside uh, to get them feed and and make sure that they're taken care of. That's correct. Just doling out hay and feed, and uh, um, we, the Florida Cattlemen's Foundation, um, has purchased quite a bit, 
and then quite a bit has been donated. And as we understand it, there's some in transit uh, uh, feed post wire, some in transit that's being donated as we speak. And it's, it's just a godsend for these people. Um, there's quite a few tears flowing when you load their pickup truck with some range cubes. They're going sure. to keep the cow herd alive. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, is there is there things that people can do to help out the Cattlemen's Association with this relief effort? Well, by and large, uh, we've been able to source stuff down here, certainly having to buy it, you know, to a degree. And some of it's been donated, but we... We believe it makes the most economic sense to source it as close as possible to right. to the to the to the wrecked area, just from a freight standpoint. So um, certainly, we're accepting anything and most most grateful for it. But if folks want to want to do something, uh, they can go to the FloridaCattlemen.org website, www.FloridaCattlemen.org, and they can make contributions to the Florida Cattlemen's Foundation which is a 501c3 through which we're uh, mounting this uh, hurricane relief effort. So when funds flow into there, and people have been real generous when they flow into there, that's what we bought post and wire with this morning with those funds. And, you know, when we exhaust the, the gifts, when we exhaust the given hay and such, I mean, we bought uh, 250 rolls of hay this week. We've, uh, we've purchased a tanker load of fuel diesel fuel and gasoline to help people. Um, so we, frankly, people that are a long ways off, uh, the gift of, of, of a contribution to the foundation memo at Hurricane Ian Relief, and every dime is going to be spent in helping these folks. So this is a long-term stress on their cow herds. It's, uh, you know, the stress, they're going to lose body condition. We're coming into the fall calving season. Hopefully the water will be gone before these cows start dropping calves. It doesn't work for them to calve in standing water. No. Uh, yeah, and I was uh, going to ask, uh, uh, what you know, you're coming into fall calving season, so I assume there's not a lot of young stock with the with the herds right now. Most most uh, everybody is uh, is in in preparation of calving. Is that correct? Certainly in the big herds, but with the smaller mom and pops that may not have a real tight breeding season they do have uh baby calves on the ground yeah ron we're seeing um anything from newborns right now to you know yearlings that are standing at their mama's side and those folks know they need to get the yearlings off the cattle yeah but uh it's just tough to get to them and we still haven't we still haven't got to the folks that are you know deeper in the interior closer to the rivers because they can't access their properties yet yeah, I mean, you uh, you sent me a picture, Alex, of uh, a boat with some calves in it, and people, I, I assume they rescued those calves, and uh, and I can't imagine young calves in deep water and the mama's stressed uh, from, you know, lack of nutrition and hypothermia. Um, you know, it's, uh, I assume your nights are probably cooling down a little bit, uh, especially with that amount of water on the ground. There's a little, little, little less humidity, and it is cooling off some. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, but sometimes uh, that's bad that, because sudden the mosquitoes. Yeah. The, mos- the mosquitoes are going to get bad here in the next week to ten days, <sighs> and that really, really stresses our our cow herd. You know, they're uncomfortable, and they and they certainly 
you know, expend energy fighting parasites and, yeah. and yeah. they don't milk yeah. as well. I mean, we, you know, from a husband's standpoint, you're going to yeah. lose half production losses. We're going to lose body condition scores. Yeah. And it, it in all compounds. You know, uh, you know, I've always amazed. I compare Florida cattle industry to our dairy industry here in New York, which is quite diverse. Uh, you know, all kinds of farm sizes, you know, we have big dairies here and then we have dairies that are family owned that are, you know, 40 cows. And, uh, and I think you have, you know, from my observations, a lot of that same thing in Florida. And that's really what makes your, your cattle industry so strong down there is that, that diversity of size. And, and it just seems to me that those, you know, you've got your big ranches that probably are, you know, from an economic standpoint or, you know, a little stronger maybe than the small mom and pop operation that, uh, is trying to survive, you know, on a few hundred head of cattle on a, on a small ranch. What's this going to do long-term to the, you know, the, the industry as a whole? Well, we, we, uh, hopefully, um, people will, will get through it. Uh, you know, the thing about the cattle business, you can get in and out every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, some people certainly may liquidate their cow herds, but uh, once their pasture uh, comes back to life, they may have to renovate some pastures and things and get their infrastructure back in order, and they'll gradually repopulate it with with a with a set of cows. The the neat part about you know our ruminants and and uh, and uh, so we can utilize some some lands that that are not used for other crops, mm-hmm. and these old cows. Uh, do pretty well in these swamps and marshes and, and it's overflow land and, uh, and, and can make a living and raise a good strong calf. Um, so I don't, I hope long-term we don't see a dramatic reduction in our herd. Um, uh, and the production unit stays in place, but certainly there will be some. And, and like you mentioned, the smaller ones that are more stressed from the standpoint, they don't have as much manpower. They don't typically have as much uh, stockpiled feed. They don't typically have as much stockpiled uh, fence material and things like that. And so they, they, they really suffer as opposed to the bigger ones. They, they, uh, they just operate on a different scale mm-hmm. and they maintain several bundles of post and they maintain some stockpiled roughage. And they typically may have a little bit more equipment and they can get around. But the smaller ones, they re- they really struggle because they they're they're uh, you know they don't have quite the the amount of investment in in hardware and steel and yeah. and things that that a big guy can operate on. So, uh, and Ron, Ron, I might add, you know what what I'm seeing here on the ground as we're loading materials and supplies for folks is that you know we do have a more elderly population here that that still maintain their cow herds, and those folks are the ones that are yeah they're on the edge of if they can't get some help they'll be yeah. out of the business yeah so they're uh you know their kids are in town trying to rebuild their homes and things and 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 papa and granny's out there trying to feed cows and patch fence so we're trying to send hand crews to help them people that are in need but certainly want to make sure they have the uh, cattle nutrition they need as well so those are the folks we worry about you know not staying in the business yeah, and of course, you know, we've talked a lot about the toll on the animals, the human toll of this for those folks that have been on that land for for years and years, for generations, and 
you know, yes, they've been resilient and they've had hurricanes before, but it just seems like in this case, you know, there was almost a double whammy, right? You had the hurricane come through and then a couple days later, the floodwaters came up and, you know, everybody always says you can survive wind in a hurricane, but water's a whole different story. That's correct. I just want to uh, remind our our listeners that uh, we're talking with Jim Hanley. He is the executive vice president for the Florida Cattlemen's Association. And we also have on the line Alex Alex Johns. He's the former president. Ah, keep saying that. I've got it written down, uh, right in the wrong spot. He is the executive director of the Seminole Tribe of Florida and past president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association. And uh, just want to get that uh, uh, website out to folks. If you want to help, if you're listening right now and you want to help these farmers out down in Florida that have suffered through uh, Hurricane Ian and then the uh, floods that followed, you can go to floridacattlemen.org. That's floridacattlemen.org. And there will be a place on there for the Florida Cattlemen's Foundation. Uh, The donations you make there, if you give a memo uh, that it's for the uh, hurricane relief, uh, that money will go directly to helping farms recover from the devastation of the hurricane. Did I get that right, uh, Jim and Alex? Was that the right information? That's exactly right, Jay. Uh, If you would like a mailing address, uh, if people don't have access you know to the internet or do business that way um it would be the florida cattlemen's foundation post office box 421929 421929 correct kissimmee florida 34742 34742 is the zip code yes sir Okay, I've got that written down. The Florida Cattlemen's Foundation, Post Office Box 421929, Kissimmee, Florida, 34742. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, very good, yes. And I'll include that information when we put this uh, podcast out over our networks. Uh, Jim, you started to mention about the rest of agriculture and while we focused on the cattle industry there, uh, you know, Florida has so much to offer when it comes to agriculture. How has that been impacted? What can you share with us on the rest of the ag industry down there? Yes, sir, Jay. As you and Mr. Ron mentioned, we are quite diverse in our ag production here in the state. There's something like 300 different commodities that are grown here from turf grass to ornamentals to a lot of vegetables, a lot of, certainly a lot of citrus, uh, you name it. And they've all suffered. Uh, the strawberry growers, you know, have just had their plants for their, their fall planting to be ready for you all to enjoy, you know, uh, in January and February. Um, and they, they've kind of got wrecked. They'll have to reset and rebuild beds and put down new plastic and, and have that cost. The citrus growers have been hammered. Uh, I've heard from 90% of the fruit on the ground to to as low in the weaker hurt in the lesser hurt counties to to 30% of the crop. 30 um, to 90 percent loss. Yes, sir. Just shook them off the tree. They Jeez. are on the ground, and the and the closer it was to being ripe, the bigger the fruit. 
the heavier it was. So it shakes off uh, quicker. Um, but just inundation, uh, some, I was, I've been on several conference calls with my counterparts, uh, across all the ag commodities and including Florida farm bureau and, 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 and everyone and, uh, everyone, you know, certainly if you had a nursery, you probably lost quite a bit of structure, um, um, greenhouses and such, uh, uh, tomatoes, uh, they've been hammered. The, 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 the tomato crop uh, was about half mature and it shook it off. They were already staked and, and making fruit and uh, it shook it off on the ground. Um, they probably won't replant in South Florida. If wow. they suffered those losses, they'll, they'll, they will have a crop in North Florida and South Georgia, but they won't down here. But across the board, everybody has suffered. There's labor issues. Those that use uh, labor, HUA labor and stuff, there's a lot of government requirements on how much work you're going to provide those people and the housing you provide those people. And now they're working with the, with the, with the government to, to find some flexibility so they can deploy that labor to do a few other things. Now let's hope um, they can find some flexibility. It'd be about time. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Uh, no doubt about it. But, um, uh, of course, we'll start working with the Farm Service Agency and uh, the USDA on some of their programs, um, uh, livestock indemnity program, as an example, or or some of the forage loss programs, uh, maybe some cost share programs within the USDA NRCS. There's got a lot of roads that have to be rebuilt. There's tremendous uh, washouts, uh, blown out culverts where more water came than the capacity of the culvert, and that takes time and, and money and traco and machinery time and riprap and actual pipe. And so it's a long term. Yeah. We don't we don't clean up the limbs in the yard and go back to business. It's no, uh, no, it's no. Big, it, you know, you mentioned uh, Farm Service Agency. Of course, I have a history. I was state director for Farm Service Agency here in New York back in the early two thousands under Bush forty three and. You know, we had a couple disasters during that time and, you know, things like the emergency conservation program and, and others that they implement uh, can be really helpful. You know, I think it's really important that, that uh, you know, hopefully you get some cooperation between state government and federal government there. Uh, everybody can put politics aside and, and work together because that's, that's how those resources come. Um, and uh, with with good cooperation and good hard work, uh, you know, you can pull this back together. But it definitely takes all all engines pulling in the same direction. Absolutely, yes, sir, for sure. And and the recovery effort has been pretty doggone impressive. Uh, I think when this wind stopped blowing, there was like forty two thousand linemen in the state ready to go to work, and we'll see convoys. Alex, bye. Uh, as we sit here talking to you, there's a major highway, uh, and, and I bet we just saw a convoy of 30 power trucks with poles and with transformers roll by, and we see that everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I know my uh, uh, a good friend of mine, his son is a, a lineman, just became a lineman uh, just about a year ago, and uh, I saw pictures on Facebook of him heading out to Florida from New York uh, to uh uh, to lend a hand down there. So yeah, and the I last know. Number uh, I heard, 
Go 33 ahead. states represented wow. so far. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I got a good friend of mine who uh, runs a large auction company, and the state of Florida has reached out to him. They sell a lot of construction equipment, um, you know, big uh, job return kind of things once a job's over with. And they've reached out to, uh, you know, for bulldozers, excavators, off-road dump trucks uh, to get their hands on everything they can get their hands on. People just don't realize uh, the magnitude of this disaster that's befallen, you know, Southern and Central Florida, the the degree of the damage and how long it's going to take to yeah. recover from this. Uh, so, um, it, it, Jim and Alex, we, we're, we're running out of time here. Um, it, it, what have we missed? Is there anything that we've missed that you would like to say to our audience? Well, we certainly appreciate very much the concern and you guys reaching out to us to to learn more and inform folks. Uh, when you talk about farming and ranching, uh, it's a pretty small, close, we're all in essence family. And, uh, uh, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, um, we thank you for your thoughts and prayers and helping these folks and, and anybody that, uh, that, that, it touches their heart and wants to make a contribution. I can assure you, we, we really, really appreciate that very much. And with volunteers like Alex Johns and, and some of his cohorts and many, many others that I can't rattle off. Uh, we'll fight our way through this and help as many people as we possibly can. And uh, we'll live to fight another day. Well, that's what we Great like attitude. to hear. Keep up the keep up the battle, gentlemen. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people behind you that w- would love to help in whatever way they can. And uh, I would offer to you that if any of the other associations that you are in contact with, I've been trying to reach out to Florida Farm Bureau. If any of them want to utilize this podcast as a vehicle uh, to get more information out there, certainly uh, uh, you know put them in contact with us, and Ron and I would be happy to uh, put them on the air and, and do what we can to assist in this, this huge effort that you have. Um, just want to remind our listeners that to help out, go to floridacattleman.org. That's floridacattleman.org. Uh, you can find the Florida, Florida Cattlemen's Associate, or Foundation on there. Through the foundation, you can make a donation to support the recovery efforts for agriculture, especially uh, the cattle industry down there. The farmers definitely need help in recovering from this huge disaster. And uh, don't hesitate to go to floridacattlemen.org to uh, make a contribution. Uh, Jim Hanley, Executive Vice President, Florida Cattlemen's Association. Alex Johns, former... (laughs) Executive Director of the Seminole Tribe of Florida. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining Ron and I here on the podcast today. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, prayers are with you. And uh, hope this uh, brings uh, some fruit to all your labors. Thanks, Ron. Yep. Jay, thank, thank you. you. Come uh, see us. Uh, we Come definitely us. we we might give it a week or two, but we'll Bring we'll be your, down there eventually. Yeah, I'll be there Bring in ten days. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
All right, folks, that's a wrap for the podcast today. Uh, don't hesitate to open those wallets and make a contribution, and we'll keep you informed of what's happening down there in Florida uh, in future podcasts. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.